Hi, this is Akshay. And this is Salar. And, and this, this is, is the Missing Pages, Pages podcast. In this podcast, we will talk about nutrition, plant medicines, biohacking, and meditation. Welcome to the Missing Pages podcast. Today, we are going to talk about mind and body. It's, <coughs> it's connected. They're all connected together. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all one being, right? The mind-body-soul complex. So, you know, you threw this topic at me, and I have a lot to say about it. Um, I'm a performing artist by trade. That's what I was professionally trained as. And so my whole life is about pouring myself into a fuller embodiment um so there's many different modes of study and exercises that you can do to do that a lot of them come through the arts um stepping into your voice expanding your voice um bringing sensory awareness into your body understanding that even through movement especially when you step out of the way for an authentic impulse to start to take over so there's a force when you're moving um you know when when somebody's moving in a forceful way and and so by that i mean that they are kind of willfully <clears throat> pushing through like imposing their will onto their body as opposed to stepping out of the way to allow almost something outside of themselves like an authentic impulse to to move them instead there's a different relationship that we see and there's a different relationship to to their breath that you will see and i think that's a kind of defined um definition between an authentic movement and an inauthentic movement where one is almost like an afterthought and the other one is you surrendering to to the impulse uh we're we're talking about the mind-body connection so being able to move in a way um where actually your mind can go quiet and you can allow the the body the wisdom of the body to take over because um, I think in in today's society and and practically in most societies we've been very head driven so it's important from time to time to actually let the body and the wisdom of the body to surrender now there's something in um, like classical theater conservatory, for instance, uh, when we enter a movement practice, uh, one of the things that they, uh, that my particular movement teacher who has been, you know, she's in her 70s now and is the most graceful floating unicorn I've ever seen. And um, she has us study something called uh, The Body Has Its Reasons. And it's taking us into very, very subtle movements in the body, the way the hips kind of rock when you move your knees and, and the tension that you hold that you don't actually, that you hold habitually so you don't even feel, you know. And this also kind of ties back to body practices like Alexander Technique, where you're actually... The whole practice is almost like an anti-practice. It's like an anti-action. It's anti-doing. It's actually allowing yourself to relax 
the habitual tension within your being so that your body can kind of click back and be released into its natural way of being and holding uh, itself. Uh, Whereas often when we're slouching or we're kind of over overusing our body in a way that's completely inefficient and is creating a lot of tear, is creating a lot of tension, a lot of disease within the body. And uh, the, the key is actually to stop doing that, right? So how do we kind of fool ourselves into, into not doing, into actually relaxing? And so there's, there are so many different modalities to help people stop the tension that they carry. Now, this isn't only in the body. It definitely reflects in the body. It's also in the mind. It's also in the soul. And there's different modalities that, that also uh, help with that as well. So how does the disease get created um, in the body? Uh, one of the things that I, um, I was like listening uh, today, it was like basically saying when, when, you have, um, when you stress your body and your soul, you basically block the creativity, you block, um, you block the learning, you block a lot of things, and then you can live in that state of stress for so many years. It could be like for, from like a couple of months to like even 50 years. And like you would never realize that like the way that like you are thinking, it is it is damaging your body and it creates the disease in there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the exact same thing. Of something happens, it might be it might be a trauma, it might be a tension where we kind of lock up, and it's scary and it hurts too much in order to. Or, you know, there's no sense of safety in us yet to allow ourselves the permission to release a certain kind of tension or feel a certain emotion. Or, you know, we're still in a sense of trying to protect uh, whatever place of impact, whether emotionally or physically. Um, It also can sometimes come from seeing somebody else do carry the tension and then our empathic brain actually starts to take on the traumas of other people or the way that they are misusing and holding tension um it could be from that it could be from a a very wide array array of of sources that the tension actually comes from and again having a practice where we can acknowledge it's there release it allow more breath into it actually you know in in so many ways i think we gotta acknowledge that even though we have progressed and evolved so much intellectually um you know the mind doesn't really know anything and you gotta let it relax and step step out of the way to allow a life force your whole life force to to come through you and regulate your being um and this is a very real real thing um and so i think those relaxation practices are incredibly important and again taking it back to medicinas like ayahuasca ayahuasca is amazing because it relaxes you it relaxes the tension that you've been holding in your body, in your soul. You know, it's a huge 
processing medicine, but it allows the breath to come back. And you need to work with the breath. You know, the breath is the entryway of that kind of cosmic energy to to enter through you and to feed you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with, with that relaxation, it comes like the creativity, it comes the the progress and all of that. Um, yes, because yeah. the, the creative energy doesn't actually come from us. It's something that that we're like little antennas refining ourselves and hoping that we pick up on something. But we actually need to step out of the way for that creative life force to come through and then your creativity is carried on the wings of something so much bigger that's funneling through you you know that feeling when you're like in the fire you're in the zone and you're like you're not doing it it's just a, like coming right through mm. you and you're like oh my god yeah you know and you can't stop because it's just like you finally became like the vessel for this incredible piece that's funneling through you it's like it's that and you can't say that that you know you're you're making it. I mean, you kind of pick up on certain ideas and you click and you you allow the space so that you become a vessel for it and you say yes to it. You know, um, Tony Robbins has this example of um, when you're not born and you're still like uh, in your in, in in your mom's body. You you the only thing that is working is the heart. And, uh, and everything else is just a development, like your brain and everything else. But the heart is still beating. It's like one of the first things to start beating. Um, now, the moment that like you, you, the brain start adding like to, to a combination and like, I mean like everything like comes to play, but like heart comes first and the, the pump and the flow, the blood flow and all that starts. And when the brain, like the logical brain start adding to the body, it will that the the brain's job is basically to recognize the patterns and um you can carry these patterns and, and you kind of like you get these gather all these patterns throughout the life and by the time you're 35 you you're just um, memorizing all those patterns and your behavior and everything is shaped ba based on all the patterns that you memorized that itself it becomes it gives you an understanding of who you are and uh more often we should go back and listen to our heart and listen to what who truly we are without the memorization of all these patterns that we have gathered over time and that's where and these patterns it happens because because your body, your brain is like designed to keep you safe, and in order to keep you safe, it needs to get get you in a comfort zone. And so, constantly, we want you to get you in this comfort zone. Therefore, you you develop all these things. And then once you go back to the to the heart, and you really then get that stress out of yourself, and you relax, and then then it comes like the creativity, and then you you start like finding who you are. Yeah, and like human instinct was evolved primarily and like we we had a response mechanisms to see a wild animal and now they get like, triggered when we are facing 
uh, if somebody on the bus just pushes and like shoves us aside and like get out of my way and that's we get into the mode of like okay like we are facing a danger as as like we would face in in the wild and that's that's kind of like we need to like readjust our levels of uh, stress and everything well yeah i mean part of it is practice yeah. like if you've never been shoved aside you'll just go into shock because you don't know how to deal with it but if you practice actually getting a sense of impact and staying soft and allowing the impact of that to just come through your body without any resistance then you can be ready then you can be open to whatever life is coming however it's whatever is throwing at you you know and that's that's a practice of sistema you know uh, for me it's a it's a russian martial art and that's exactly it there's no stances or katas or a certain kind of regimented movement that you are practicing over and over it's an act of being ready and allowing to be so soft and relaxed that anything that's coming at you in your life and in the world you can you can let it in and pass through you and then use it for your advantage because you can see where the flow of energy is coming what i spoke to you about is actually letting the body heal the mind mm -hmm. in that way of surrendering to the body to the wisdom of the body because it already knows everything that you need it has everything that you need in order to heal it's like when doctors give you medicine the medicine doesn't heal you it's the body that's utilizing whatever it is to heal itself it's the body doing its own work it knows exactly what to do all the time and we need to sometimes step out of the way of that intervention and allow it to come back to its natural harmony because we're a part of nature and it's constructed in that way but it can also get to a place where it is um, self deprecating or self damaging you know you could see that in the minds of a de depressive person where the mind is actually attacking itself attacking the host you know or you see that in autoimmune disease where the body is over attacking its own self um and then there's other kinds of intervention that need to happen do you believe in um that those stories uh, about somebody that who's on a wheelchair for a while and just using their mind and they can heal their body as well. Right. So with that, uh, I was going to bring that attention next was, yes, the idea of using the mind to heal the body. So it's actually directing your whole uh, energy, all of your intention in order to send healing uh, into a certain area of your body or your being and that is extremely powerful why is it extremely powerful well because you know if you think about it you think about uh just having that thought to move your arm where does that intention begin you know and how does it actually act in our brain and in our body? How is it connected? Like, it's a piece of magic, really, that we can actually have some kind of intention to move a certain aspect of our reality, of our body, and then all of a sudden it moves. And so there's something about 
the direction of your intention, sending energy through your being in order to create a certain task. And it's actually, you know, also life energy, all of that, all of that energy is going into your arm in order for it to move. Now, the same thing can go with healing. It's like you put all of your intention and your direction, and because you're a mind-body-soul complex, you know, your whole body reacts. It reacts emotionally. It reacts physically. If you send the, the intention that you are open for that healing and that, that you're, you're creating space for your body to really start creating the direction of, of sending all of those healing cells into a certain part of the body and really visualize it and sending that energy. It's like literally your whole being is directed along with all of your microbiology in order to fulfill a certain task. And that's very real. Yeah, there is this scientist uh, I was listening to and he um, talked about placebo effect, but this is a little different than placebo effect. Placebo effect, it um, does increase the brain activity. Yeah, Andrew Wall and uh, Joe Dispenza talk, to, talk about a lot about placebo yeah. and that should be also be a medicine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does work. Uh, prayer is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Incredibly powerful. And it connects us to a much uh, bigger energy. You know, especially when you are in prayer for a prolonged period of time. And then there becomes a certain kind of purification into the positive aspects um, of prayer. You know, what do we pray for? We pray for healing for others. We, we pray in gratitude. And, and, and to have that gratitude is one of the most profound, purifying prayers that you can have. And because it, it also takes you outside of yourself. And so, you know, especially when you pray regularly in a large group, you know, with that, the purity of the intention, there's a huge uh, movement that begins to happen. Um, there's a huge movement of energy. There's a, a, a huge purification. There's um, the feeling of the community, then the, the feeling of like I'm being supported, and I'm uh, and the whole goal of like we are all doing this for for love, for for the well-being of another being who, is, who doesn't exist here and uh, all of that it can it can be really powerful yeah. and they do exist yeah. you know the thing is I mean I, I think it gets into we we second guess what is real so often we don't trust ourselves we don't trust our experience we don't trust the feedback that we get from ourselves or our sense of intuition there's so much second guessing but our own experience of life you know even though it might be encapsulated and limited view um it's it's the it's the grounding of what we have to to work with you know there is uh very real foundation with when with 
than what we are experiencing individually. It, it is a piece of the mosaic of the whole picture. And we need to trust in that. Because there's something coming through us, there's something coming through our life that the world needs. You know, your perspective, everything that you're growing through, the world needs that. You're experiencing that, you know. And I really encourage people to trust that. And we had this um, public speaking class, like a first session. The instructor was really focusing on what does your intuition tells you? And based on my answer, maybe if you do this, you can redirect it this way. Which was which was very profound for me, whereas like basically he was telling me that like you should trust yourself more in terms of um, and be authentic with yourself and take all the mask off and try to try to let your um, like act as you as, as you please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's such a huge part of public speaking. Yeah. And I and I say that as a performing artist where the thing that holds us back from revealing ourselves taking up space is all of the discomfort and all of the fear and all the tension that we're carrying in our life of this kind of second guessing and if we own ourselves if we put our guard down we become more powerful i don't think people get that the more open and vulnerable and receptive you are the more powerful you become the more present the you know and we are inherently sensitive beings, but that is our absolute gift because you don't want to be numb. Yeah, it's the more the more like even at work when I'm like more um, I'm like more of myself and I'm like just like saying hi mm-hmm. to people. Like I, the day after, I see I see that person like it's like super energetic and it's like it wants to like be their self too. And then I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. This is really nice. When I started this like. Um, movement like <laughs> yeah yeah that's the best one movement <laughs> yeah getting in there and be like hey good morning and that person is just like hey and like a little like introvert and the day after that person kind of like get more um familiar with you and your behavior and all that stuff it's like oh okay this is a safe zone mm-hmm. i can i can express myself now mm-hmm. but if we all like can get over that um, ice breaking and just like just express mm-hmm. ourselves. Instead of having like multiple layers of mask mm-hmm. that we have on, mm-hmm. we have we lessen those masks and we just have the one. Have the one. <laughs> well, you're reminding me now of clown. Actually, yeah. I I love clown work because it's actually the most genuine, one of the most genuine art forms that I've ever been exposed to. And, you know, when when people put on this tiny little nose, which is a tiny little mask, you know, and they put it on their nose, there's a sense of safety that you're behind this little thing. But it's so little, it doesn't really hide who you are. But what it does is it amplifies everything else. It amplifies your inner child, your sensitivity, your, your feistiness, and you can let go and you can play and it allows people the permission to fully be themselves. And I just remember like the feeling of shock of having a dear friend turn around and seeing 
the little nose and being like oh my god like you can really see who the person is <laughs> you know especially kids when they when they see that they just get amazed and like by the time like when then I, I um i think the problem it becomes like when we define every single thing in our life and like those patterns and just we we put like a tag on every single thing it's like oh it's just a clown like as if you ask like look at parents oh it's just santa claus it's just a clown but like and in like kids fantasy it's like oh my god this is fucking amazing this is like this guy is here and then making everybody happy he's here to play with us Woo! and everybody just gathered around the clown and everybody i gather around santa claus same idea and um that person like gets lots of energy from all these energy like the kids that they have all um it just goes blown away and mm. he's like why would i even have that mask on mm. i only need this just one layer and that's it mm-hmm. you know i think i think it's the judgment piece that we get so scared of and that we judge ourselves you know there's this negative voice it's like you know when parents you know that are overworked that um have kind of tensed up themselves that they don't allow themselves the space to play often what comes is this kind of judgmental inner voice yeah you know and i think it's so important to that point you know when you see somebody dressed as santa claus you know instead of being like oh what a fucking loser why didn't he get hit? <laughs> like a like an actual yeah. job yeah. instead of actually seeing wow like thank god that yeah. there's a human being out there who's you know crafting the time in his life in order to bring such joy and happiness to in you know children that want to you know enjoy their childhood and and see see like the tidbits of this incredible self-sacrifice and self-giving that everybody's doing everywhere every moment and it that's the living prayer you know to be able to see the workings of that in gratitude and some people do really have that um, moments of like, uh, they, I had some clients that they're, they're, the way that they treat me is completely different than the, another. I had this client who was always caring about like, do you need water? Do you need like coffee or something? Is it comfortable? Is the sun bothering you? Do you, And after when the hours is over and like I got paid and everything, he was like, oh, you haven't eaten anything. Like come uh, come and eat some of uh, some of the food. You have like, a lot of it here. And as a shy like I am, usually when I go to this event, and I'm like, no, no, thank you. It's okay. And then they, he keep insisting, insisting. And it was like, and then at the end, he was like, look, um, I'm going to put two plates and I'm going to eat with you. And... I what I see is all of a sudden I see the host is like sitting in front of me and eating with me so I feel like comfortable that like this is this is like his house and I'm really welcome and he was saying you can stay here enjoy the party as as many we, we would love to have you here and all that stuff versus I see some of other clients that they're like in ties and suits and they're just yeah. like putting their hand in their pocket or like they have these closed guards and yeah. and I'm like, hey, and they, they pay you and they're just like, look at you until like walk you to the door. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. bye. <laughs> I'm leaving now. Yeah. Both parties, they are, there are like lots of kids yeah. everywhere. There are, yeah. It's the same, it's like birthday party for kids and, and they usually hire like some mm. entertainer too. So it's the same idea, but 
the approaches are very different. Yeah. And sometimes, it comes, yeah. Sometimes it's culturally like, like certain cultures value guests like as if it's some embodiment of a, a higher being, and then they treat the guests similar to whoever they would treat, just like a family. I, so I agree some with of it you is culturally, with the culture, yeah. but surprisingly this wasn't this they were both from the same culture yeah. they were both yeah, yeah. like yeah. from canada they were both from yeah. they grow up here so i, yeah. I, I think it goes like yeah. deeper into yeah. the feeling and yeah. deeper into i don't need to add a stress in somebody else's life yeah i can make him happy and he will provide like he will also make mm. everybody else happy give like it, it authentically um, project that happiness to my guests mm -hmm. so maybe to uh, engage you guys a little more could you tell me more maybe something that you're trying to move in your life right now or something that you're working on in your life right now you know rooted in your mind body uh, complex hmm. diet is a big thing for me I haven't been able to develop that discipline to go vegetarian, which I wanted to for a long time. And it's, I keep cheating and it keep com coming back. Mm -hmm. So that is something that it's hurtful for me because for me personally, I see the image of how I'm damaging the planet by eating red meat and all that stuff. It's not about the nutrition in the red meat. It's about the process that it comes to my plate. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that process damage the climate. It, like, it really hurts the climate and all that stuff. And I do consume a lot of that. Um, so I have replaced back and forth, but it's still that discipline hasn't really developed. And I see that I am the problem. But, you know, as we are always, like, cheating and going and uh, <laughs> with our, like, a small bad habits, it's still, like, something that I, I really need to work on. Mm. Well, it, it sounds like you're trying to implement an ideology into your life and you're mm. not giving yourself enough compassion and patience in order to do that you know i think you have a very strong why like you want to help the planet but i'm wondering can you connect that to your own body can you actually visualize and get a sense of you know the, the image of of you going completely vegetarian and do you feel satiated do you feel fulfilled do you feel supported or do you feel scared and panicked and resistance you know being in that community i think it, it would help as well maybe once a month i throw a potluck at my place and uh, invite everybody to bring their vegetarian plate and we all share it and then and we all have like the same goal of like let's all go vegetarian together and that might i mean yes but is that sustainable for you you know, do you constantly have to have potlucks and people around you doing that? In that order could for be you? a good kickstart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you you're on the right track in terms of 
uh, doing the research in order to understand what nutrition you really need to be putting in into your body to feel fulfilled and satisfied and make sure you're not robbing yourself of anything. Because, I mean, I think I've been playing around with with that for over 10 years and I would say there were periods when I threw myself into veganism and I may, you know, came out much worse out of it. Uh, very floaty, uh, not enough nutrition, gained a bunch of weight. I just didn't know how to eat. And having, you know, the know-how and, you know, getting those supplements, doing mm -hmm. that exercise, mm -hmm. um, you know, and also listening to your body, really listening and trusting that, you know, you know, even some some people instead of going vegetarian full time, maybe they'll have some kind of meat once or twice a a month or every week or something like this, and that's already so much better, you know. But I think that constant education is important because that also gives us the foundation and the base of uh, how to step into it without feeling panic, mm. you know. I think I like the fact that you mentioned that it's it seems a bit more ideological because a lot of these there's a lot of nuance involved with diet and how these uh, like foods are procured procured and uh, the real damage is a lot from factory farming mm -hmm. and not the way the natural order works mm -hmm. in factory farming you get one kind of cut and the whole animals get wasted but if you are eating animal from nose to tail, you are consuming just one animal a year. And uh, it's more sustainable. And for example, if you imagine like uh, overpopulation of certain breeds of animals that are destroying lands uh, by overgrazing certain parts of the forest or something, you can sustainably control it and feed the population. Are you talking about hunting culture? Yeah, like wild boar and all those. Like, yeah. So you yeah. you talk to um, you basically a com a community come together and they hire a hunter to do what he loves to do, but uh, at this point mm. he is serving the community. Yeah. By doing everything. But right. people should train themselves to become the active participants in procuring their own food, rather than letting somebody else do the work for them, mm -hmm. and then they can have a more mastery of their diet and nutrition rather than people, media, or whoever has the control of the voice uh, for everyone. Well, having a relationship with yeah. your food from planting yeah. it, taking care of it, growing yeah. it, yeah. harvesting oh, yeah. it. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. other different relationship. Yeah. And the flavor is so full and yeah. the nutrients are so full. Yeah. It's like a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did uh, we did the uh, macro green business. Yeah, and uh, and it wasn't much of a business yeah. beginning. Yeah. I, I was looking yeah. at it. I was like, this is amazing. I get to eat like a lot of healthy, and mm -hmm. amazing greens. Yeah, and I get to I get to grow it myself and be vit witnessing it like from the seeding and and growing it. And yeah. after like two or three weeks, I see all of these 
the seeds turn to sprouts and then it turns then becomes mature and I'm like harvesting it and, yeah. and then when it. you are yeah. eating it you're yeah. so yeah. grateful yeah. you're oh, like yeah. so in oh, love yeah. with it yeah. and actually yeah. what happens biologically yeah. is that you absorb the in- the nutrients that much more like yeah. by a, a a huge difference you know how they say like when you're eating you shouldn't really have much of a stress around you mm-hmm. you should really like eating could be meditation as well yeah. and like when you're happy in a state of happiness i think you your body can observe better your digestive system probably will observe better yeah. than when you're just uh, eating really fast and like i have to go back to work or 100%. something like that at least this this way it will create a way a pathway for um for the healing part mm-hmm yeah Akshay do you have anything with mind-body relation that you're yeah I was thinking of that uh so I guess my biggest concern is binging on sugary stuff because like it has been my pattern throughout my childhood of like whenever whenever like it's a sense of like happiness but at the same time it comes with like a little bit of sense of um uh sadness and like like it just breaks down my my energy circuits like i feel like a little sluggish it disconnects my brain yeah super common it's the whole emotional eating thing yeah you know and we've been programmed from our childhood yeah when our grandmothers yeah. are like, oh, here you go. You want something to eat? Yeah. Here's yeah. some of the sugary yeah. stuff yeah. that you could possibly imagine. And they're not thinking, oh, this person's going to grow up into an adult yeah. and still be addicted to yeah. that shit. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yep. I mean, I have been able to control it for like seven, eight months. But then it's still a, like a, like a tightrope walking. Because like once I have a muffin, like then I'm like back to square one. And it's... Well, you know, it's that emotional wound. Yeah. You know? And so it takes you actually to look at that emotional soul pain that you're carrying. And yeah, like you're you're stopping the pattern, which is an incredible part of starting to take back your control over the emotion and how it's going to rule you. Yeah. But you need to take a look at that pain directly. And yeah. actually, yeah. you know, really start unraveling it. Yeah, I've I've kind of like thought a lot about it, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm. I would think that since I'm not really engaging in any sort of like a a huge workout or some kind of a goal, mm-hmm. because that that was what led me to be on a very disciplined way of life i have got back into the habit of sometimes binging some amount of sugar like through cookies or something mm-hmm. and uh, and i think like it's it's not some when you grind <laughs> it you just like go through the entire box it's like sometimes i buy something and i'm like taking one and then come back to the kitchen it's all gone oh god what happened well you know i think most of our actual emotional wounds come from a moment where we felt and and knew like a hundred percent that we were not loved in that moment you know and it actually takes going deep into the past to recover that moment yeah 
and actually see that even though those people didn't know how to love, didn't know how to show it to you, you know, and maybe were cut off from themselves, that they love you. Mm. That they love you. Mm. And for you to actually get it, to actually Mm. feel it and get it, that you were loved the whole time, that is the ultimate healing. Mm. You get that? Yeah. I, I felt that when I did ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She helps yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, you, yeah. you're better than this. Yeah. What are you doing? It's okay. And that's something, too. I mean, I relate to that so much. I went on on years of, of you know, um, first, for me, it was burnout. I just work so hard that I'm a workaholic. I'm running away from something, from facing something. So I'm clouding myself with all the workout, all the, all the work, all the, you know, whatever. But I'm carrying such deep pain in myself, you know, to stop all of the doing and then start overly crying and like maybe binging or maybe like sex over there, hmm. you know. And then, you know, come to, you know, whatever. And then it becomes like an over binging and I start hating myself and then, Mm. you know, try to work it out. And then I fall off the bandwagon. I stop doing Mm. boxing. I start binging again, this, that and the Mm. other. And it's this teeter totter until finally something breaks and I recover myself. I have to recover myself and actually see that all of those parts of me that weren't receiving love from the illusion that I wasn't loved in that moment or that I wasn't giving love Mm. to myself in that moment. Going that deep, that's when you're letting the authentic impulse, your body's knowing, your connection to something greater this 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 incredible life is given to you every single moment because you are that fucking loved you know like life is coursing into you that is like the epitome of fucking love and you are loved in every moment you are cherished in every moment through all of your struggles and you've done so good You've done so good until then, you know, with everything that's been thrown at you and every way that you've, you've struggled and you've gotten back up and you've gotten back up and you've gotten back up. That's a fucking warrior, you know, and you realize that you realize that. Yeah. How good you've been and that the whole fucking world is cheering you. Yeah. You know, and you go really deep. Go deep and recover that part of you that's hurt mm. and needs to be brought up and shine mm. that light on and given that breath to, you know. And that's you, you know. That's like your own inner guru. You have your own inner guru with you every single moment, taking care of you every day of your life. Like, what mm. a fucking blessing. Use that. Pray to that come back into communion with that and they'll take care of you you know and and that is the piece that's going to help you stabilize and don't touch that white sugar shit (laughs) (laughs) straight up because um 
you know, in in some ways, it's designed to to get us off balance in that way, yeah. and we need to stop, you know, just say no to it. There was a video I watched <laughs> about um, brain patterns and uh, how we uh, our brain like to be addicted to different things, even a stress, even a stress you yeah. or even negativity, you get addicted to that. Because of the pattern recognition that it has. Because it's stable. It becomes our one stable thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it, and it becomes... So there's a way of learning. And um, for, for those that they have learning problems, um, this method has been working for a lot of people. And it, basically the method is that you take one step at a time. I learned this in, uh, in the book, James Clear, Atomic Habits. And basically it says... So you set a task saying, after I wake up, I do 10 push-ups after, and then you set the next one after the push-up. After I did 10 push-ups, I make my coffee. And after I make my coffee, and ta da ta da ta da ta it goes like Got that. It. Because our brain is like really comfortable to remembering, after I did this, this is my next, and this is my next task, and this is my next task. So yeah. with like a small Building task, new habits. yeah, you, you build this like a small habits because our brain love these small habits that you build. And same thing goes in the negativity part. When you have, when you get angry and then you say, oh, I get angry and then I just lose my temper. And then after I lose my temper, I like to do this. And then yeah. I, after I did that, I like to break something. Yeah. And then after I break something, I just get out of the house. Yeah. And this pattern, it happens over and yeah. over and That's over also and over. related with the emotional eating habits of yeah. people. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so speaking of rituals like that, when we have these small rituals, they also become very like ingrained in our body and like we do them mindlessly so where is the balance of being mindful in our like these small habits and also having rituals that we do countless number of days in a year uh, like what is the right way of doing those things do you think we should be always be mindful of like or do we let these things be like an automatic habit and then we can solve puzzles in our head for the days that are s you know you're really reminding me of um <laughs> well you know it, it's the thing it's like we're always our mind really likes to be right you know so we're always trying to look for the right like posture to adopt if mm -hmm. i just stand perpetually in this posture i'm gonna have it right but in actuality you have to release all of the habits and allow your body to come back to its natural flow you know it's it's natural receptivity it's natural presence that needs to let go you know the the shoulders fall back and down and open and the head goes up and then you know everything else kind of ricochets back into its proper alignment you know and it's the same thing i think with our habits it's like we're constantly trying to be like oh you know what's the right thing to do and this that and the other you know i think personally i see it's important to do something in our days that's working towards what we want to build for ourselves you know the little ways in which we want to improve you know but we also need to be mindful of the maintenance 
of the things that we love and cherish, the relationships in our lives. How do we show up for family? Are we taking care of the space that we live in? Are we showing up for community? Are we growing financially? Are we creating value for others? All of these things, you know, and I think they naturally, once you're relaxed, receptive, and open, you kind of listen to, okay, what's in you right now? Okay, wow, you know, I really need to boggle down and get my business to the next level. I'm going to dedicate the next, you know, little while till, okay, now I'm satisfied. I did that thing. Okay, boom, I'm on a roll. Okay, what else I got? You know, I think this kind of um, honoring yourself is also a sense of allowing the breath to come in and seeing what you're actually receptive and open to right now because that's going to be the most optimal thing that you're going to bring to your life right now. You know, you being open and ready and being like, I am inspired to do this thing right now, you're going to be so much more productive towards doing that particular thing than if you're like, nah, but like, I need to do this one thing that I really said that I would be doing at this time and I need to totally squander everything that I'm feeling right now in order to change directions and just push this thing through. Which, I mean, for some people might be a huge breakthrough in discipline, but uh, I don't think that we need to bully ourselves every single moment, you know? I think that those elements in our life regulate naturally, you mm. know, and we need to honor that. So the suppression suppression is the poison. Suppressing yourself. As I said, for some on. people, it might be a breakthrough to be yeah. like, ah, you know, what, whatever I'm feeling, fuck it, I really need to do this thing because I said I would. Yeah. You know, that's that might be the better thing for them. But what I'm saying is, when you're in a flow state, when you're open, when you're really listening to your yourself and what you have, what you want to grow in yourself, there's a natural already self-maintaining regimen inside you that's like, okay, this is next, okay, this is next, okay, this is next, and then I rest now here, you know, there's a natural progression that I think is very healthy. There's this doctor, he said, you deserve the face that you have at 40 years old. Well, I just, I just want to say that, you know, the, the hardships that people uh, carry and the blinders yeah. with which they walk through life, you know, they're doing their best. You know, we, we all do our best. And yeah, sometimes we kind of stop and we're like, fuck, um, I, I wish I had the right kind of help, you know, but now I'm like this and all of my relationships and my body and my health are all depleted, you know, and you realize that you've been kind of trudging along with this belief system that's been implemented in you that you know, you should be unstoppable and just go, go, go and not consider everything else that of, of the impact that you're causing around you and on yourself, you know, and, and I also, I think I need to say, 
that when people choose to do surgery, for instance, you know, there's a, they're stepping into something new for themselves. They're dedicating themselves into a more embodied part of themselves and they're taking a shortcut, but maybe that's all that they know. Maybe they don't believe that they can alleviate those levels of wrinkles and that level of depletion that that shows on their face naturally. And maybe that's true. Maybe they can't ever reverse that naturally. And so they do that in order to, you know, look a certain way. And that's just who they are. That's a really good point. Um, Question is... Mm-hmm. How do you, if that person comes to you somehow, like as a as a friend, as a colleague, as, as somebody that you start getting to know, mm-hmm. and then eventually you start seeing all these things, and then you're like, maybe she doesn't have, or he doesn't have the right guidance, and maybe I see it in myself that I can help this person, and then you start feeding that person slowly. How do you how do you go about helping that person? It's not my job. It's not your... Okay. So whose job is that? It's every single person's job to take care of themselves. And you can't impose help onto somebody unwillingly just because you you think you know best. Mm -hmm. You know, you need them to be open to it. You need them to ask for it. And actually, if I'm being on this topic specifically, if uh, I want to be transparent about it, Uh, My mother got a facelift like Mm -hmm. a decade ago. And uh, at the time, it terrified me because I'm a complete naturalist, you know, and I found her beautiful and she's my mother, you know. So lo and behold, she uh, flew off for a month out of country, which is where she got the surgery and she returned and i noticed that she was hiding her face from me (laughs) like literally like i knew she was getting the surgery but she was ashamed to show me her face you know and then she glanced at me and she instantly ran away because i think she saw the expression on my face (laughs) (laughs) Because I was slightly horrified, and I'm, I'm sorry to admit, I was slightly horrified to see a face on my mother that i never seen before and I couldn't recognize as my own mother. You know how disturbing that is? Like, to look at a person that you've known your whole life, like, the one closest to you, and actually not recognize them whatsoever. But beyond that... I saw that she was terrified of not receiving her younger daughter's love because of what support she she chose for herself and that is so much more important you know and so despite how I felt which honestly doesn't matter much I have to come to my mother and say wow you know like I support you in this you're so brave Like, thank you for doing this for yourself. Like, you know, I love you. And, you know, 
over time that swelling in her face went away her face came back to normal became youthful embodied she started to act younger she started to dress up she started to take care of herself she became more alive she became more embodied she started to appreciate herself more and i saw that that kind of step and that kind of investment in herself was really important for her you know and i i had to humble down and really respect that choice so the love is the solution regardless of whatever the path your loved ones is taking towards stressing their body always <clears throat> Back to always the, yeah. love is always the best mode you know for instance there's a drug addict yeah in your family or in your circle and you really want them to stop and obviously what they're doing isn't working mm -hmm. you know and it's putting their health and well-being and their life at risk mm -hmm. and um, what are the tools that we have to help them you know we have rehab that's specifically created in order to help somebody get out of that situation we can change their circumstance put them in a different place but we can't do anything unless they choose that for themselves so yeah. all that we can do is create a safe space for them to feel safe in and we can slowly express to them the path in which is better and maybe even better would try to look at their pain body directly and help release their pain body directly which is where shaman work really is amazing um you know coming back to body body work and and those kind of things Uh, coming back to nature all of those things where the body can take over and heal you um, So you have to still use some trickery and it's like oh, let's go on a trip and you take that person on a uh, to the forest and I'm, I'm not saying to be passive, you know hmm. uh, Trickery, I mean Nobody likes to be deceived um, Trickery to show love So it's a bright lie. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like, you know, sometimes it's like, what what does it take? Who do you, you know, like in Buddhism, for instance, you know, there's a sense of you, you never want to disturb the person's mind. You don't want to go into their face and be like, oh, you're not doing this right or da da da, -da or whatever. And you want to almost transform yourself into a person that they can accept wholeheartedly as themselves so you can get closer to them and kind of listen for the way in which you can help them you know that being said don't impose your your help and don't um you know and sometimes that clear cut throat like listen this is bullshit like you know you you have to kind of be sensitive to what's what people are willing to hear and receive and sometimes when you go through the clear-cut cutthroat approach they're not going to hear it right away maybe they'll hear it in a week maybe they'll hear it in their ayahuasca ceremony 
maybe they'll hear it when they're meditating or they're in nature or something just gets deep and they finally get the message that the whole universe is screaming at them through all the different ways because that's usually what's happening you know and people are just aren't listening what if um you create that safest space and that person doesn't get it and like go toward um committing suicide you have to fight can you explain more about that you have to fight so fight how fight with love or fight doesn't fight with with love doesn't mean you're nice pansy roses everything you know if you know when your child runs in in the middle of a road you have to you know you put your fucking fire on and you're like you fucking got out of the way like whatever whatever it takes that fire to move them out of the way you know and i believe in that i believe that we should not watch people come in 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 the front of a truck and just do nothing you fight for them you fight for them because they are you so where's the line lies whereas um i I don't want to force this person to get get out and and the line again you're looking for a certain position to take that is right you want you want your mind is looking for a certain kind of pattern to follow but the the only real way is to be relaxed is to be present is to be open and to allow yourself to embody the full spectrum of aliveness you know if anger is called in that moment allow yourself fully to get angry if you're grounded in love fuck it put the anger on you know if you want to be passionate and soft you should be able to be passionate and soft you should be allowed to be big and loud and quiet you should have the whole spectrum of your expressive energy and and give yourself the permission to show up in whatever way you know if you know where it's coming from and that inner filter of love and care for me that's permission enough for me to be able to show up in whatever way i need to and every every situation is so unique that it'll call for a certain thing and so it's much better if you don't overthink or over categorize that oh if this particular thing is like this and then this then maybe i should just be soft and then be safe you know each one is Mm -hmm. like you gotta listen to what's what's gonna work for that particular context yeah so it goes back to the same um pattern recognition and like um oh this this worked before in the past so i'm just gonna try what worked in the past and not generating anything new instead of like trusting your intuition and just expressing yourself and yeah yeah and it's just like in business for instance to follow old regimes doesn't work you need to be constantly constantly innovating constantly responding to what's here right now in order you know that's that's the as they say the one true perfection (laughs) is to be as innovative as fucking possible and that means to be present. Hmm. <coughs> I used to think totally opposite of that. I used to think that if people are on the path of their self-destruction, you let them be. Till they realize their own 
till they realize that they are doing something bad to themselves and like just be of a hands-off approach and let them figure out that this is not something that they really need and not to engage too much with them um then you wouldn't normally do that was my idea before i would lean into the authentic impulse that's coursing through you it's coming from somewhere that's that's your relaxation into yourself that's your self knowing into yourself that's the trust of your authentic impulse and what you see in your life up until this point that's pointing a certain kind of message through you what's the most powerful thing that we can do as people is to carry our authentic message and share it with the world and actually how important and healing that is for us to be able to fully embody the message yeah. that is coursing through us moment by moment. And those are the most powerful people that trust in that message in themselves. So, <clears throat> I think that's important. Stepping out, letting your mind relax, step out of the way, and allow that to funnel through you. Why? Is that's love. That's your love for your fellow man being manifested in this message that's that you're carrying, you know. And without expressing it, it gets stuck. And then you carry it within yourself and you're thinking about it like a week later. Is food relevant to healing of the mind or body? Yeah. Certain foods create inflammation in the body, create disease in the body. Um just like anything else in the world it carries a certain vibration and also how we receive food how we receive energy how we receive what we consume in life visually orally all of it carries a certain vibration what vibration are we aligning ourselves with with most optimal efficiency with optimal relaxation with optimal fulfillment so we need to stop consuming foods that are carrying a certain vibration that are creating inflammation in our body that are block blocking energy flows um and that sense of loss of control and overindulgence you know um uh, and and i think that's important to to honor in all aspects of ourselves so what are the foods that they are um more aligned with the healing do you do you recommend anything specifically you know, quality or? quality over quantity so preparing your own food mm. having your garden in your backward is, and is that what you're saying oh, or the process I mean, of optimally like, sure yeah. It's not possible for, for everybody's lifestyle, like depending where you live and what's accessible to us. And a lot of people here, for instance, in the city, have even no idea how to cook, which is baffling to me. But that's besides the point, you know. But actually going after food that are uh, 
made with quality ingredients that really receive the kind of care. Yeah, if you have a relationship with the farmers, if you go to farmers markets, you know, um, you know, get into contact with people that are are passionate about good nutritional food and and do that and i'm not saying you should cut off this that or the other from your diet but make sure what you're receiving on your plate is quality that it's not nasty you know um like mass production meat that is you know devastated on every level of the production process that you know or or the dairy products you know that you know if you're doing that then you go to the farmer then you see you know the happy goats running around and maybe you take that and you see the love that's poured into that and you know there's there's ways to to manage that and if you want to say you know what i don't want to touch that kind of food period okay great but you need to know where your food is coming from have a relationship to it and don't overindulge and stay away from the sugary crazy white stuff and um yeah like um with this the way like large-scale farming and production is done there's a lot of like pesticides and fertilizers that are really bad for our human gut microbiome and um we might we might actually like everybody's like slightly off their gut microbiome and like they're not absorbing nutrients and all that stuff so yeah it's really valuable we understand um where where the the thing is uh food is coming from and like is the farming organic and is it really organic or is it just the the organic that just satisfy the usda or whatever health canada labels because sometimes there is like lobbying and all those things going on which like they just define it only has to be 51 percent organic to be labeled as an organic so so some of those things um people have to be more aware about like where where their food is coming from they have to be more active participant in their health and lifestyle yeah michael poland says uh if you you can see that is natural like if if you can't see it's natural then don't buy it it's, yeah. it's like when when it's in your when you grow grocery shopping, you can see the vegetable, you can see the meat, whatever yeah. your diet is, you can see that the piece that is there, then that is food. Everything else that you can't see and it's yeah. in a package, maybe you shouldn't buy yeah. it. Sometimes <laughs> even that is not sustainable. Like so, uh, yeah. it's not the right way because like if they might have like mangoes have like chemicals that they make it uh, to ripe faster and all those yeah. things. Like you yeah. can't really like look at it and tell that this has chemical on it or not yeah it's so, but yeah. It's, uh, as, a, as a rule of thumb like just like you know for somebody who yeah. is not really knowledgeable about like nutrition or food or anything like that and it, it's i think it, it works a little better than just like you were frozen avocados so yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> but i bought it like eight months ago so. <laughs> um we can take a break yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Hola, we are back from our tea break. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, what are the practices that you do on your daily basis to heal your body or mind? 
something that you you really resonate with that that you feel it really brings you to balance um it begins with a deeper listening where where i naturally strive towards is the intelligence of my body i'm a very body oriented person i i re for me it's much easier to start with the body first to start with movement first and so uh create practice it could be very subtle like um lying down in supine position doing a bit of alexander technique or a bit of ball work or something like that if there's not a lot of energy but usually because i'm a person that's naturally high in energy i will go through more um sporadic movement <clears throat> so really stepping out of the way to actually move get more movement into my fingertips into my wrists into my elbows into my shoulders into the whole thing and move without pattern to actually allow the body to move in whatever ways that it has to move and get movement in my neck in my head in all aspects get the the body movement going so that you become almost like water you um I mean, you are water, but for the movement and the energy to move through as if you are water. And also to be able to break rhythm, break pattern, and to move fast, move slow, move rapidly, move without expectation, even to yourself. To allow yourself to even surprise yourself. Now, to become even more embodied, the, the breath is such a key element of that. And also what rides on the breath is your voice. So the breath naturally opens up when the body opens up. And actually allowing the impulse and the movement stems in the breath. So really opening up the breath, allowing different kinds of rhythm to come into the breath. Uh, sometimes there will be huge sighs, sometimes there will be huge releases, sometimes there will be very sharp, you know, just pushing through that kind of very aggressive, fiery energy. Really spanning your whole being and opening up your voice and opening up to projection, allowing resonance to come, you know, into the very tip of your head, into the bottom of, you know, your genitals. Allowing the whole spectrum of your resonant centers to awaken up. And again, breaking patterns. Allowing yourself to, yeah, maybe you can stretch this, that, or the other. You can do certain exercises and, and um, make faces. Also involve the facial structure, different emotions and expressions that come through your face. Allow that to come without judging, without pulling yourself back or rationalizing this, that, or the other, allowing the authentic impulse to come through so you are completely embodied in your voice, in your emotion, in your body, in your whole being impulse. Then what begins to happen? Your memories start to activate. Memories of moments that you haven't processed yet, M moments that maybe actually hurt you or maybe that made you question or your mind just kind of got spinning off about something 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 all of those things start to come back and you can actually process them by physically shedding them off 
physically shaking them off, expressing them, um, making sounds, making sounds of disgust and disappointment, of, of pushing through, of embodying your fire warrior towards that, that part in your memory where, you know, that was very alive for you and you needed to release that and you suppressed it and all of a sudden you're in that somatic state where you're channeling your your aggressive uh, fire into that memory and you're actually putting it into completion. So you're doing very deep self-healing by allowing those natural impulses and the intelligence in your body to open up so you can actually... Um, do that kind of somatic therapy work um, that you actually already naturally do within your dreams. When we are out of body and we're going into dream state and we're trying to, you know, make sense and bring into completion all of those things that are actually still really alive in us. So what begins to happen after you open up all of those channels and then you open up your sense of creativity you know you're fully embodied you're ready you can go off into the world and create fucking magic and spark people's day or you can channel it into incredible art pieces you know you can create really really strong messages for people and channel it into you know your creative endeavors of whatever you're trying to build whether it's your your business whether it's you know however you're impacting people and all of that very very powerful creative energy can finally open up and do its thing in you so what begins to happen when you have a very nice strong routine and this can also happen from having a very good meditation regimen where you're 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 kind of doing the uh emotional flossing you know it's like emotional hygiene as well uh as well as physical hygiene because you're engaging all of the centers within your body to become fully embodied supposed to just sitting there and imagining it you're actually actively pushing all of that life energy through you it's amazing so when you have a really nice routine and you're flossed and you're actually clear and what you're actually going to experience once you are clear is a fuller embodiment mo moment by moment by moment you're going to become so present with every piece of imagination with every piece of thought and, vi and vision that it's going to be extremely lucid. Your life will become even more lucid. So even when you are falling asleep, for instance, and you're starting to leave your body and almost fly somewhere else, within every moment of that, you're going to be completely lucid in what's happening. And it's like you become very, very restful but super alert at the same time and you begin to understand where the messages of your thoughts of your emotions of your feelings of your imagination where are they actually sourced from what are you picking up from where are they coming from all of these things become clearer and clearer and clearer and you become a more active player within the game of life <laughs> yeah i do that was so complete yeah it's uh do you think traveling it also helps as well so somebody who is um, staying in the same city uh, for like 10 years or so and um traveling not as of like just traveling in between cities but traveling um to a complete different environment somewhere that like people speak a different language somewhere that like it feels really alien to that person 
Is that good for them? Yeah, is it? Well, where is that impulse coming from? Right? Are you receptive and open? Is something inside you calling you to that particular place that you don't know? Then, absolutely. You know, there's something really funneling and channeling through us. And one of the hugest receptors that we have in communion to something this this greater force than ourselves is actually our heart. Why is there such a huge imprint? Where where do we keep hearing the message? Listen to your heart, listen to your heart, listen to your heart. You know, and it's kind of like this woo-woo, yeah, kumbaya kind of thing that plays in the background, but it's actually a massaging subconscious message from a different element of awareness and consciousness actually kind of pointing the way of the one thing that's never going to fucking mislead you and it doesn't mean that it's not going to be painful it's not going to mean that you're not going to run into shit but it's going to point you to the direction that you need to be going and when we follow that we become more empowered and so there's certain amount of information that's funneling through us that we can't even fathom where it's coming from or what we're really aware of or what our intuition even is telling us, you know, unless you've done that work where you're flossing and you really hear where that message is actually coming from, which element of yourself or the world. And so when you listen to that, um, more chances are not there's some kind of impact there of you being there of you picking up on a certain different vibration of being a different vibration that a different location is carrying with a certain kind of people that are carrying it um that might be very instrumental to your personal growth you know but you never know until you go and do that um but not everybody is confident, uh, trusts themselves, and has the, you know, maybe the karmic energy in order to, to, to go and, and to seek out those things. Yeah. But personally, I can speak from personal experience, or that's just been a way of life for me that's helped me, uh, helped me wake up. So you open up your, yourself to like different perspectives and you see like different, different places and different, um, different people that they view the world completely different than you. And that um, does it really help? Um, I mean, of course it does. Like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't it help somebody? Why, why wouldn't more perspective and someone help them in the healing process? Mm-hmm. Is that like, that's... Just correct me if I'm wrong. Like it's it's true. Like the more it's not, perspective you have, it's not always about healing. I think it's yeah. You know, uh, I mean yes and no. And the more embodied we become, the more engaged, the more aware. Obviously, all of those things that has also been barriers of keeping us from being more aware and conscious and relaxed and embodied are being healed. But those connections are being created, like past the barriers that we've been holding inside ourselves which are usually rooted in fear, which mm-hmm. is usually rooted in the fear of the unknown. So and be the brave. unknown yeah. is incredible, Yeah. right? But we need to have the sense of trust, 
trust is a key element the trust in ourselves and the trust that we have in listening to our hearts see uh, when there's something in us pulling us in the direction that we feel in our gut will be a positive change for us but we're just afraid how we're gonna make ends meet this that or the other very valid concerns but we'll never know of, of the unknown we need to let go of that continual fear of like oh this that or the other because then we won't be able to ever move towards what we really want to manifest in the world um, so there's a piece of trust that needs to be there how is that trust going to happen? it needs to be cultivated I mean, to move towards something that you know in your gut is going to be bad for you, I would never recommend that. But in your gut, you know it's, it's the thing that you want, go for it. You know, and we know that. We're connected to something. You know, you're here, not as this, like, think about it. Like, you wake up and you get to build upon what you have left yesterday. That's incredible. That's an incredible gift as, a, as something that's manifested in the world, that we get to grow, we get to build upon something, we get to strive towards something, we get to see people we love or people that we recognize, to, to have this experience of building upon something, upon ourselves, is a great gift. And we open and we can, we exist. We see colors, you know, I think we, we kind of surpass the, the magic magnitude of the very simple that we can wake up and we can have an impulse to get up and that we can, you know, we get to play with clothes and we get to smell and we get to see lights and we get to imagine and create and all of these things that are fucking magic it's like god staring you in the fucking face like right under your nose the whole time like hello you know and people go and say that you know there's no god you know you can't believe in it it's like you are waking up and you exist. Can you not see how, like, a, what a fucking miracle that is? And that's what I need to shake into people sometimes. <laughs> you know, like, look at the very bare simple. You can't explain that. You know? So trust in that. Trust that you're connected to something fucking magical and greater and loving. You know? Yeah, you're not the behind the desk job that like you, you go to every single day. You're not that person. Like you, it's like those things that like it's something that like it it's been um, it works for this world. Yes, you make money from that. Yes, you you have to do that because you're a responsible person. You have to take responsibility to bring love and food and everything to your family using that behind the desk job. Yes, but at the same time when you keep suppressing yourself behind behind that um, in in that routine, and those those fears start like getting stacked up on top of each other, and the mm-hmm. um, the brave person eventually like stay back. So we see often like some people when they go to, um, they don't want to even like get on a roller coaster or something because they, those fears they get stacked up so much that they're like no no no. 
this is this is really gonna hurt me and like there why why is it why is it gonna hurt you why is this activity is gonna really hurt you a person who has never had like a um, background of a panic attack or something or it just they, they think in their head that this is they're gonna be really afraid of this why are we suppressing ourselves right well there's there's a, a holding that happens right when we hold traumas and we cling on to those fears and we believe those illusions to be real we really do a hundred percent we're like no this is the way the world is and I can't convince myself differently and sometimes when we go deep enough in the fear and we embody it to such an extent we know that even the most simplest nonsensical things will send us into hysteria and we can't control it you know and it's not our fault and it's a it's a process of healing and slowly, slowly creating that space so we can let go of that. And sometimes it doesn't op- happen overnight until one, one night it does, you know, and all of the work that you've done throughout the time leads you to that point of that trust so that you can let go of the tension that you've been holding this whole time. But and then, and then once your practice of, of that inner tension and inner resistance and letting that go becomes good enough, you become like a fucking magician. You can move through anything, you know, um, until you, you reach your next kind of point where you find that difficulty. And then even then, you know, you, maybe you know better. Maybe you'll ask for help. Maybe you'll this, that, or the other. But letting go of that tension letting go of that fear, moving forward, moving onward. Very important practice. And of course, um, honor yourself. Honor honor when you have a no. When you have a no. There was a, a time in my life when I went through debilitating suicidal depression. And by that I mean, like I literally was just stuck between a rock and a hard place between what I knew I was and where I wanted to go and all of the pain. I mean, there were so many, I just could not fathom that me as a person could find myself in this place. And yet I did, you know, and then I went through years of uh, trying to shake myself out of that. And sometimes I remember somebody was uh, trying to take me to a festival that I really wanted to go to and I had to like ask them to pull over because I was pan- having a panic attack at a random because I felt really uncomfortable ago- about going a certain distance away from home or whatever irrational fear was going on but I was really triggered you know and I think back to that kind of irrational time knowing that I'm irrational yet having this panic attack and yet cultivating a practice where I can honor my feelings you know if I have a very strong no even though it doesn't make sense sometimes honoring the no is actually the thing that's going to heal us you know so rejection appreciating the the rejection honoring the rejection yeah mm-hmm. when when you you accept it that they you you accept it with respect and then you realize that this is this is needed this this brings the balance because mm-hmm. so much of that 
also comes from boundaries crossed that we didn't um, create <clears throat> our own boundaries and assert our own boundaries of what's okay with us and what's not. And having gone through a period where my boundaries have been crossed on a daily basis um, in multitude kinds of ways that nobody should experience, it was, I completely lost self-trust, uh, uh, sense of power, you know, all of these things. But I knew, luckily, in the depths of myself, there's going to be a time where I'm going to be restored back to balance. And even if it takes 10 years or however long, I'm going to get there because I've seen the light before, you know. Yeah. And so that just kept me going. Thank God I saw that light before, you know. And so I hope that maybe somebody who's, who's listening might hear that and maybe something would resonate with that because it's a really, really mighty fucking light, man. And we all return to it no matter what. Is this light you're talking about, is it like, um, did you see that light from a person? Like a person brought that light to you or you saw this light in, in a journey that you had? Well, like from our um, first podcast that we did together, I opened up about a spiritual awakening that I've had when I was 17, right? Yeah, and that lady from across the room where <clears throat> she... She touched you, but she was sitting across right. the room. That, that was yeah. just an example of mm -hmm. simply where my mind had to actually get the point that I didn't know everything, right? And and get the point that there's a, a bigger force than what we just see and and feel we understand. And But it worked on so many different levels, you know? And for me, it started really really seeping in with a deep sense of nature connection of um, travel and nature connection have been one of the most powerful teachers that I've had in my life where it took me into a place of com of a restored sense of self-harmony and deeper uh, spiritual awareness of myself and what I'm really connected to and the life force within all things and the fact that it's all me and it's all you and it's all of us you know so <clears throat> having had felt and become become that unity and having after becoming that unity how could I have fathomed losing unity when it just feels so impenetrable I don't know but it was such a part of my karma. And, um, but having touched it, that's what I mean, having touched that, knowing that it existed, knowing that no matter how, when, after it's over, that unity, no matter if I carried it for several years, this, that, or the other, when we're out of it, the mind starts to attack itself, right? The mind starts to say, oh, that thing that you felt, uh, it's because this happened, and then this, and then we'll over-rationalize it and think that we can understand a mystical experience and invalidate it. When in actuality, after the moment passes, you can't touch it anymore. 
you you can even try to glorify it and take it in the other approach and you still can't touch it anymore you know because it's left there in that moment and it's and it's gone and something incredible moved through you and no matter how you try to uh, compartmentalize it or understand it it's never going to be it and you have to let it be alive in the way that it was and we do that to each other too right it's like we're live beautiful complex beings and then we try to understand each other or compartmentalize and be like oh this is what's happening within that person and it's like no actually we can't fucking touch that person because it's like it's life it's life you know and we can't understand it no matter how hard we try and we really try to force it no fucking way you can't touch that shit so within that i you know i have to understand that yeah you know maybe my mind will even try to spin it on me and say that never happened or this that or the other but i know in the core of myself in the heart of myself that what i lived through was real that what i felt was real that what I touched was real and it's real in every moment and even though I'm not connected to it I am connected but I can't see it it's okay and the vision and the union will be restored because that's the breath what's the difference between Alina when she was 17 and Alina when it's right now <laughs> the difference yeah Oh, wow! In thoughts, sure. in mind, in body, in what do you uh-huh. remember from from your your beliefs back then? Ah, uh, the Dalina of of seventeen years, eighteen years, nineteen years. Oh, baby, she she was on fire. She was on like a huge flame. She was riding a huge flame. Um, yeah. like you know channeling in every moment I like I tell you channeling in every moment you know being um, having such a wide array of input um, you know and I mean seeing realms beyond realms beyond realms um, like it's just showering in in the realm of heaven man every moment but being so clear throat it's like it's like i had no mercy for the ego period no mercy it was like i'm i i was like the woman with swords you know just kind of like seeing people's weak spots and going directly into them and fucking turning the knife you know and i was like this is what's up you know know, and those people that were around me god bless them (laughs) god bless them that they could see what i was talking about but even they got hurt you know because because my it 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 was as if alina constantly had to surrender and step out of the way for something else to channel through me you know i stepped away so i can be a vessel 
for for what I was experiencing and seeing and how I can help people. I could see that there were certain people that were not receptive to receiving what I had to bring, so there's no way I could reach them. There's no way I could force myself into them. But when people hear the truth, be reflected, then they hear the truth. And even though they're fighting against it and running away, they'll go home and be like, shit, okay, she's right. But I didn't realize that I can hurt people that deeply. That egos or our sense of self, there's a need for gentleness. I didn't have enough gentleness. I didn't go through the fire. I I was never really that hurt in my life. I've gone through shit, you know. I've lost my, my father. I've, you know, been betrayed. I've I've experienced different things, but I've never really took it to heart. I've never really known what it is to suffer as a human being. And until I really went through that experience, I didn't know the potential damage that I can pour into somebody. Um, So I think the Alina of today is a bit more well-rounded. She's a bit more gentle. She can, um, I think, have a wider scope of, of who uh, she's able to really hear and, and have patience for and um, befriend. And, um. A lot of things that you said in the first podcast and the fifth podcast, um, after a few sessions of ayahuasca became real for me like i could see the connections between people and like notice when i'm not being receptive to them those were like visually turning into like decayed plants and then it felt like okay i need to put life into it i need to communicate back and when i did that those connections improved and there were a few other things that you mentioned about um, karma that kind of like those those karma circuits were like getting back to me within a week and I was like okay I see the connection where mm. things are going wrong mm. yeah it's, yeah I, I love that thank you so much for sharing yeah, that yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing when we feel like almost like a wall or animosity or something between us and somebody else and when we like penetrate through that and connect with them, there's almost, it's like we're doing that with ourselves, with an yeah. element within yeah. ourselves. I think that's why it's so important to to be open to everyone and invite yeah. everyone. Because yeah. it really is like our experience with God and our experience with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really pleasing when you see somebody that's really authentic with themselves and like they're sharing that with you. You, you, you feel that like, authenticity and you feel that they're sharing a part of their vulnerability with you and you really need to take care of that vulnerability and that that comes with the experience of as you as you go you realize i have to care take care of things around me and people around me and their emotions and everything more than i damage them and like by even like sometimes you unwantedly unwantedly you do something and damages them mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's also a relationship with ourselves again it's like 
you know, it's like, thank you, Alina Chika. Like, you just, like, you've, you know, you just came out of the ashes like a fucking phoenix yeah. and just kept going. It's like, thank you for everything you've endured. And, you know, it's like, you gotta have a, a good, like, grateful relationship with how much you've, you've overcome and how much you've pushed through and how much you've grown and how hard it was and that you were there with yourself that whole time and it's like fuck we're warriors <laughs> that's amazing yeah so yeah. so much so much gratitude to the human experience should we talk about your program that you're starting oh okay well uh, oh yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm creating a authentic impulse creative series. So it's going to be a uh, <clears throat> a series of courses. Each one, um, each compartment of the course is a week long, and it's going to be focused on a different artistic modality. So um, a different mode of releasing into the authentic impulse and creating from that open creative channel and creating um, art pieces, performative pieces out of it. So one, I'm collaborating with my uh, dear friend who does dance films. So we're going to be g taking you into, walking you by the hand, into opening your channels, creating a story, accumulating that story and actually producing um a video dance piece out of that then the next week will be you know writing and creating a monologue piece that you can then share on stage then a scene piece that you can then share or uh, even songwriting with another friend of mine that does it full time so I'm I I'm collaborating with different artists and I'm also taking what I know and my training to create uh, a whole series of basically these beautiful creative incubators where by the end you have a whole portfolio of uh, um, uh, artistic modalities in order to share with people and then we'll have like a whole sharing in the, where friends and family and community come together and we view each other's work so that's that's, oh, that's amazing oh. and I'm gonna be having a, I'm getting a website built right now um, but yeah please look up authentic impulse creative series and uh, look me up alina govshinova you'll get the the full <laughs> name on uh, the missing pages and uh yeah check uh, out the fun. episode one and episode five and this is episode eight page one page five and page eight Booyah. yes yes thank you yes thank you <laughs>